I'm Dr. Greg Winteregg, CEO of the Private Dentist Alliance. I want to talk to all of you students out there today who are wondering what your future is going to be like as a career in dentistry, as an assistant, as a hygienist, as a dentist, where is this profession going with the rapid increase of the DSO movement? I'm here to tell you the PDA is going to help you and I want you to become a member today. It is free. Now, why should you become a member? You're gonna get weekly video updates from me and you're gonna get regular updates of our newsletters from the Alliance on exactly what is happening and how we are going to help preserve and protect the private practice of dentistry. Now, to me, the most important advantage is you are going to get access to our job board. What is that? Our private practicing members all have access to our PDA job board, which means if they have an opening in their private practice of assistant, hygienist, doctor, front office staff, they're going to be able to post it. And you're gonna be able to check up regularly. And as our membership grows, we're gonna be covering larger and larger territories across the United States. If you are looking for a job in any position in the office of a private practice, you need to become a student member today. It is free. Go to www.privatedental.org and become a student member today. You're gonna to love your benefits. Do it now. What's up guys, it's your boy Matt Haggis, back at it with the Dental Student Vibes Podcast. Today, we have a super cool interview for you. We have Bahar Jalalian on, D3 from the Dental College of Georgia. She's back on for our two-part series about the future of dentistry and the people that are gonna be leading the charge taking over. So she's awesome. She, she's on top of her game. She's killing it on social media. She has a great following on Instagram and she's really providing awareness about dentistry and everything we have to offer to uh, our patients. So today we sit down with her, we discuss all things future for her, things she'd like to do, her goals and aspirations within dentistry, and um, it looks like her future is going to be very bright. She wants to do a lot of mission work, especially going back to Iran, you know, her, her where her roots are, and um, I think that's truly incredible. So as always, let us know what you think, all right, give us a like, comment, follow on Instagram at dental.student.vibes. Make sure you guys shoot us a DM if you guys want anyone on. You let us know. And um, as always, stay safe and bye bye. So, you ever think about opening a clinic, like a free clinic over in Iran or anything of that nature? That, if I could, that would be amazing. I've got to start making a little bit of money on my own first. Right. Right. Well, yeah. you know, baby steps. Pay off the loan, but 100%. 100%. It's, it's not something that I think is even heard of there. So, you know what, like in, in this country with all the opportunity and everything, it's not, you know, far off. You could definitely make it happen. You know? But not only that, also because of, you know, your voice and your social media presence and what will continue to build as you go through school and become a practitioner, I think also with how this country is and how really the world is in terms of wanting to help people and donate and charity, I'm sure you could even get backers and sponsors and people that would be willing to, you know, even come in with you and help you make it possible because if it's all about giving good things to the community, you know, people are all about that. You could yeah. be Oprah over in Iran, you know, look under the chair, what's under there? We got a toothbrush and toothpaste, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. Oh my God, you get a varnish, you get a varnish. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. See, and it's incredible though that you, you know, you want to help out and you want to do that because you, you've 
identified like I guess a hole in the system, you know, like in America, everyone's like, oh yeah, brush your floss, you're done, you know. But I guess you see in Iran, like, I mean, my parents are from like we're Italian and Jewish, so we kind of like cover the bases, you know. It's not really like a necessity like that. The way there's, I guess, holes in the system for for Iran, and I mean, since you can identify and give back to you know your culture and everything, it's incredible, it really is. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, and I feel like more and more dentists are trying to. Um, help and raise money for foundations and things like that. Actually, the last podcast I spoke with was from Dennis of, of Insta and they had a little podcast and um, they were raising money. It was like a 24 hour charity event for their refugee right. crisis foundation. So, so it's, it's just great to see, you know, people in our field, just, you know, paying it forward as much Absolutely. as possible. It makes me really, really proud that I chose this career. Absolutely. And it's incredible. I, I, I don't know about you, but like I can attest and so can Cole, like how helpful other dentists are, older dentists to like, they're so quick to mentor and guide and everything. It's truly, it's, it's such a blessing, you know, at least yeah, yeah. where we are in Florida. Right? I mean, I would definitely love to, at an older age, start teaching because I feel like the, the amount of help that I received from um, faculty or even just like you said, like older retired dentists like priceless. Um, their experience is everything. You know, you don't, the, the textbooks, I feel like can only teach you so much. Because exactly. as dentists, we kind of speak a weird language. We speak our own language um, that no one really understands. And it's even hard to like communicate through text. So right. it's, a, it's a little bit like an apprenticeship. Yeah, it is. Even as, even as students and dentists, I mean, you know, you pick up your average medical or dental textbook, even as people that are well-educated, you know, start reading some of the sentences and putting all those words together. You have to read it two or three times to really grasp what's happening there, especially when they start talking about pathways and bacteria and they start mentioning all the genus and species oh, names and all that. And you're like, what am I reading? You know what I mean? And that's where you start to, you know, you know, this, you're a student, you have to video supplement and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's like you were saying, it's, it's challenging stuff and it's, you know, difficult what we do. So you know, further explanation. And that even ties into the patient care. I'm sure, you know, we're educated, we know what we're talking about, and you go to tell your patient, try to dumb it down and just make it a little bit more palatable for them. Um, it's tough. It's tough to even come up with the words that you can use like, okay, we're not going to say FPD, we're going to say bridge and then explain to them, okay, a bridge is you have, you know, your two anchor teeth and then you have your pontic in the middle, you know, to be able to explain all of these things to a patient so that they can wrap their head around it and they're not looking at you like, what? Exactly. Well, you know what that, like, I always have to remind myself too, like you have to dumb our profession down to them, but think about how much they may know in their own profession, like how respected they are. Right. You know, they can be the most intellectual people, you know, in, in their own fields. I have this guy, he comes in, he has a master's in water and he like he he researches on water. I have the most in, intellectual, just intense conversations with him. Like he just gets your mind going. He talks about like the water cycle, things from like the sixth grade, you know. And he yeah. goes through the the whole motion of it. And you know, you pick up on it, like you really become worldly just talking to people about what they do and what their passions are. And you can kind of just trade on and off between dentistry and whatever they do, right? You know, and it's it's really cool. And I, that's probably my favorite part about clinic. I'm sure you can see that too because you have a great first time to talk to people. I'm sure you pick up from other people as well. Oh my do. God. I'm so bad. I sometimes I'm sometimes you have to like stop me from talking. So <laughs> I really, like, I really love this year that we get to assist our classmates because one of my um, classmates had a patient in the chair 
and they went off. It was, um, we have something called treatment planning board, which we have to do here. And she went off with a faculty member to go discuss the patient's case. And I'm just assisting. And me and that patient spoke for two and a half hours, just waiting, <laughs> just waiting there, but I don't mind it. I enjoy it. Um, it's just, it's amazing how fascinating every patient is and how different each one of them are. One of my patients, like you said, is so intellectually beyond me. He has two patents and, and he's like just a complete genius. Um, and every time he talks, I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying, but, but thank you for what you do. So yeah, it's, it's, it's true. It's not like, I definitely am I'm always humbled by the experience. I never feel like I know more than they know. I just know something different than they know. Right. Um, we're talking about like explaining things to patients. It Sometimes I feel like it's when a, a mechanic is trying to explain things to me about my car. And I'm like, I really don't even know if I'm, if you're, if I can trust you, if you're saying the right thing, cause I don't see my car. I know it's broke. I don't know why it's broke. Right. And so, I think it's very important that we don't kind of like have that almost like negative stereotype with mechanics and things like that. And that we do try our best to make the patient trust us right. that we're not making this up, that this is a disease, like especially in perio, because that's such a hard thing to imagine. Right. Thank God you're preaching right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, Maybe it's because I just came out of a D180, but, but it's hard to explain sometimes to a patient that, that your situation has progressed to this state. This is why, and this is the science behind it. And I'm not lying to you. And let me show you this x-ray. And, right. and so I think it's important we do that too, so that they don't think we're just like money grubbers or. Right. And then to get an individual that's used to only coming in twice to maybe once a year to then start saying, like you said, D180, to start saying, hey, look, we're going to start need to see you like every three months. Yes. And they don't understand why. Why? Yeah. They just say, like, oh, every three months means it's, you know, twice as many times per year. They're making twice oh. as much off of me, you know? Right. And there's always that patient, though, because they come from all different walks of life, you know? Like, they, they think, like, you're going to be, you know, they're going to pull the rug out from under me. You know, they're trying to, you right. know, screw me over. But that's not what we're doing. We're trying to actually help them, you know? Like, now, another question I was going to ask, because uh, I always look for tips and stuff. Do you have any ideas or like techniques to win over the patient's trust or try to explain to them their situation, no matter what it may be specifically? Like, is there any like techniques? Uh, I think that it's just like the same way we would learn anything. There's kind of, I think mean, it's too, just cliche to say these things, but there's like the tell, show, do. Mm. I don't know if you guys have heard of that philosophy. Yeah. Um, but I have an interesting story, like bless his heart. I have a patient that is also a complete dentures patient, but did not want extractions. Mm. The, yeah, the patient just had a few remaining mandibular teeth um, and they were mobile and deep pockets and definitely, you know, non-restorable. Um, and the prognosis was extractions, the faculty, just looked at me and was like, Bahar, this is a complete dentures patient, you know, because the patient really wanted a partial. Mm -hmm. And in that scenario, I had to explain in like multiple different ways um, 
been through multiple different facets. Why? Why? I'm not, I'm not lying. I'm not making this up. These do need to be extracted. Um, so kind of with like the tell, show, do, um, like I, I explain the situation, the progression of disease, that if, if we did not extract these teeth, the bacteria could go farther, absorb, resorb bone, things like that. Showed radiographs, um, asked the patient, can you please move this to show that they are mobile? You know, because he said, there's nothing wrong with these teeth. Why, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, there are just, I think that like, it's important to find a way to make it click for that person, whether it's visual, right. whether it's um, through another source. If I have to have the faculty explain it to you because maybe you trust an older man and you don't trust me, that's fine with me as long as you trust somebody, yeah. you know? Um, so I think that you just gotta kind of reiterate it in different ways. Cause if it's not, we also had like a, an oral surgery lecture and one of our faculty, Dr. Ferguson said, if it doesn't work the first time, if it doesn't work the second time, if it doesn't work the third time, do something else. Like do it a different way because it's not working the way you're doing it. Right. We've um, had, we've had some people that we've talked to on our podcast about case acceptance and, you know, getting things out. And especially, I mean, not just older demographics of patients, like especially older men, but just finding common ground of something that you can make like an analogy or something right. similar. Like in that case right there, you know, I think we talked about, it, it was Dr. Um, Dr. Salerno. Mm -hmm. um, and he was talking about like, you could use like a used car versus new car model or whatever, right? You're not gonna tell this older gentleman like, okay, you need a new car, you need a car. You're not gonna go out and buy the junker that could conk out in, you know, a hundred miles or a thousand miles. And you don't really know, you're gonna cross your fingers that it works. You wanna buy something that's gonna actually last and serve them well. So, I mean, that could have been, that could be your, you know, your go-to that worked, that could work for that patient, but not necessarily for everyone. But the fact is you found that common ground to where then they're like, oh, that makes so much more sense mm -hmm. and they can actually understand it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And for, and for that patient, just to end up the scenario, it, it was really um, explaining the severity of the case uh, because it was like, a, a current infectious state, you know? So explaining that to the patient who's quite old, older patient and also explaining it, I, so I don't even know if I should say this, but I brought his daughter in. We're not supposed to do that. <laughs> um, but his daughter um, came with him during the appointment and I really, really, cause I really wanted her to also understand it as well. And I recognized that he, because he kept saying to me, the patient kept saying to me, I want to talk to it with my daughter first before I sign the treatment plan. And, you know, I, I, of course I asked the faculty member, you know, is it okay if I bring his daughter in? I know it's COVID situation right now, but it was like the end of clinic and everyone had kind of already left. And so I went to the waiting room and I was like, come on in, like, let's talk about it together so I can show you the x-rays and maybe then you can talk to your dad um, because I think that he also wants your say on this, you know? So I think that also clicked with him too is having a family member by his side thing, like dad, you need this, so. And that was great. That was excellent. That, I think that was the definite perfect approach. You hit right at home and you did in a way that for him, that he felt comfortable. That's who he feels comfortable yeah. talking to. As you said, it was good of you to pick up on that pick up the news i'd like to talk to my daughter so that was the perfect strategy 
So when Bahar, tell us what, what does the future hold for you right now? You know, you're D3, you're right now, you're kind of surviving, thriving, trying to do your best in clinic, but what is the, what does the future hold? Uh, I think I'm one of those students that is such an open book that it's scary. Like I, I, um, I guess I have nothing holding me to a certain location, to a certain um, like practice. I, I really don't, I, I am first in my family to go to college. I don't have dental connections. A lot of my classmates are, you know, daughters or sons of dentists, sometimes mom and dad are dentists, um, or they've got an aunt or uncle who's a dentist. And it's really just me. It's really just me. And I'm, I'm so, it, it's great because I'm so excited for the opportunities that can pop up um, in the future and um, where I'll be and, and what I'll be doing is kind of, kind of just like out in the open, which is fun and and exciting too. Um, I definitely want to start working because I'm, I think, I think the, I think the clinical experience gave me like a little taste of sugar and now I'm like, I love it, you know? So I'm, I'm really interested right now in practicing and in general dentistry. Um, and maybe later on I will, um, change that and try and, you know, get a little more expertise in a specific area. Um, but I would love the variety right now of being able to see people from different walks of life um, and change it up every single day. Awesome. Now, do you, do you have any ideas about, do you want to go into private practice? Do you want to stay more in like a DSO type model? Uh, if I, if I can open up a practice, that would be great. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that would be great, but I probably would, I probably would like to have a little more experience in private practice um, before I open up my, my own practice. Um, but I do for the future, I have an idea of the kind of space and environment I want to take care of patients in. So that's why like, I, I definitely would love to open a practice of my own um, just because now, especially that I have begun you know, working with patients, I know the kind of care that I want to provide, the kind of feeling I want to make patients feel when they come into my office. Right. Um, and so it's, I think the, the ability to, to like create that on my own is like a dream of mine. So, but I definitely like would love to start working in a private practice and gain that experience, like you said, from people who who've been doing it a couple of times. Right. Definitely. No. And honestly, you have no worries, no issues there because, you know, just from what we're gathering, speaking to you, how you treat people, how you treat your current patients right now, how much you care and why you're in this field, it's going to do wonders for you. And it's going to guide your whole career. You will have no worries for your future because you're on the right path already. It's innate within you, your Mm -hmm. life goal and your, you know, your dream job, your purpose is to make people feel better and to make people feel happy. So you're in the perfect career and I think you're not going to have any problems with that. Mm -hmm. So in wrapping up here, um, how can our listeners, if they want to, you know, reach out and talk to you, um, how can they do so, you know, share your social media handles, you know, let the people know. Yeah. So you can always feel free to message me at my name, Bahar underscore Jalalian um, on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. I mean, I'm, a little bit too much in the open, I think, 
But um, if everything's my name, Bahar Jalalian, search it up um, and you'll find all my social media there. Awesome. That's great. Well, this has been awesome. We honestly, we wish you all the best for your future. We know, like we said, we know you're going to be successful. And seriously, D3 year is going to be a challenge. There are going to be some, you know, many, many a days where you feel like you should be doing more or, you know, wanting more case acceptance. But, you know, just like these guys are going through right now, I know you're going to get through it because you have that desire and that passion to be that dentist. So you're, you're going to enjoy the tears and the struggle and the hustle all the way through. Lots and of tears. Exactly. But once oh, you find... Once I cried every day last week. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> and then once you finally graduate, it'll be that sweetest, just like you said, that sweetest taste of sugar and you finally gotten it. So. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are awesome. I mean, it means the world to me that you had me here today. I appreciate it so much. And I respect you guys so much for doing what you do while you're in dental school. Well, we thank you for sitting down with us. We're blessed to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. Well, have a great night. And as always, bye, Bong. And we hope to see you soon. Same. <laughs> Bye. Do I exit out? <laughs> Did I stop it? All right, guys. It's your boy Matt Havis back at it. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Bahar Jalawi and D3 at the Dental College of Georgia. She's awesome. She provided a great number of uh, tips and tricks about strategies to really get in touch with your patients and connect with them, earn their trust. We loved having her on. We love to have her on again. You guys have another topic you want to hear about another person maybe let us know shoot us a dm on instagram at dental.student.vibes we uh we'd love to hear from you guys we want to make this the best podcast we can for you so as always stay safe and bye more